This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide-open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forest, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. All right, here we go live in Los Angeles, the Herd, wherever you may be. However, you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. You know, I got into this discussion. We got all the uh, the writers are all picketing all over, all over Los Angeles. They're having the big uh, uh, the strike, the writer strike. And I was telling somebody last night. I got into this discussion. I said, my wife and I will watch a streaming show, and it doesn't matter who the actors are. Um, you can tell ten to twelve minutes into a streaming show, it doesn't matter what the actors are. If the writing is crap, it's a bad show. I watch Acorn. Acorn's kind of a British version of Netflix. Great writing. It's my favorite channel. You can tell where Netflix or Amazon Prime or Hulu, you can tell when they put the best writers on a series and the weakest ones. Is that writers make all this stuff. If, if it's not about the writers, then why did Marlon Brando have 10 bombs? Why does Tom Hanks have bad movies? Why does stars have bad movies? Because the script sucks. You're, you can take no-name actors... Stranger Things had a bunch of kids. The mm. writing was great. They were using eight-year-olds. You didn't know who they were. They were kids. If the writing is good, the show is good. If the acting is great, it's because the writing is good. I've seen Bob De Niro in bad movies. He's not a bad actor. He got a bad script. Pay the writers. I mean, it, it doesn't take me. It's just like you can say all you want. If Patrick Mahomes had a defensive coordinator and a bad offensive line coach, he, he would still be Patrick Mahomes, the guy that can't ever get to the playoffs consistently. Andy Reid is at least 35 to 40%, but you need, I mean, that's, go look at the Saints the minute Sean Payton left. They couldn't move the football. And I'm not saying the players, I'm not saying that Tom Cruise isn't more valuable than you're uh, just an average writer or a writer, but I'm saying, and there are some stars that really can move audiences, but... There's a reason great actors are in bad movies. The writing stinks. <laughs> and you can watch a streaming show. You can tell 10 minutes into a streaming show if you, if you watch stuff and you're like, oh, it's hacks. This is awful. <laughs> it's not because the actors are awful. The script is stupid. It's overwritten. It's cliche. Pay the writers. Pay the people who they're. I don't know if they're 50%, but I'm going to tell you this. There's never been a great movie 
with a bad script. I, I, I'm gonna, during the next commercial break, I'm going to look into the new Mission Impossible script. Uh, I sent you the, uh, the trailer. <laughs> what, what did you think? Did you watch it? Yes, I watch all the Mission Impossibles. They're yeah. all fantastic. The writing is crisp and high-level stuff, thought-provoking. First of all, those don't win the Oscar. Those are action movies, and I will tell you, <laughs> if you go to the great action movies, Terminator, Die Hard. Oh, those are, yeah. Those are well-written. Top Gun is well-written. I'm not saying they're, you know, usual suspects. Or oh, something. yeah. That's a, that's a great movie. I don't know. But I'm saying is, otherwise actors would like Jamie Foxx or Tom Hanks or Denzel Washington would never be in a dud because just, you just go for the stars. Tom Hanks has been in duds. Bad script. So because here, we're talking about Jimmy Butler. And you made a, you made a comment during the break. During a, we have our, our discussions during the commercial break are much better than the show often. So you made a, a comment about, you gave me five players. Okay, so... Um... Boy, I just did this online. People are so angry at me. So the 2011 NBA draft. So just, okay, 2011 draft. Ask okay. me the question. You tell me who's had the best career of these four players. Kyrie Irving, he went number one. Clay Thompson, Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler. Individually. Who had the best career of those players? Jimmy Butler, obviously, last I, night was tremendous. Individually, I would say Jimmy Butler. I would say if it's about team success and titles, it would be Clay and then Kawhi. But Kawhi is literally not available ever. So you're like, he's done. He, I mean, the last four years, he's never available. Jimmy Butler, all he does in the playoffs, Colin, he is he plays and he wins. That's what he does. He gets to the conference finals with inferior teams. Now, Kawhi now, Leonard had an awesome run in San Antonio, the great culture, blah, by the blah, way, blah. Go back to his great run in San Antonio. They got rid of him. Yeah, but why? Because he, he refused to play. He didn't want to play. He was hurt for the whole season. And then, Go find the Tony Parker quotes where he's like, listen, he's practicing with us. He looks good. I, I, I don't know where he is. Ask yourself this. In 20 years, when you're talking about both of them, Who's the guy you're going to be like, I love that guy. It ain't going to be Kawhi Leonard. It's going to be Jimmy Butler. A lot of butts with Kawhi Leonard. Wow, he was great, but... He can't get along, but you can't build a franchise around him, but he's bad for the culture. He doesn't do back-to-backs. There's know. no butts with Jimmy Butler. None. He's great. He plays his arse off. He's better when you need him. There's no butts to his game. He's not as slick as Tatum. He's not. He can't shoot like Steph, but there's no butts to his game. It's like that guy gets every ounce of talent out of his game. Six steals last night. Six. And I got, I got two travelings by Tatum in 90 seconds. And I like Tatum. That's hurt. Come on. That, well, I'm not saying it was Greg Norman Masters. <laughs> but it was, no, it, it was bad. It was game one. It was game one. It was bad, though. Okay. They'll be fine. Here's, here's Jimmy. Jimmy Buckets. He got every inch of the rim. Here's his big three to sail, sail, seal it. Shot clock at three. Butler with Brogdon on him. It's a long three. And good! Oh, Jimmy freaking Butler puts it in! <laughs> I think that's Ke- is that Kevin Harlan with the yeah, call? Yeah, by the way, Jokic, a second rounder, is crushing. Butler, 30th pick, fourth team doubted by everybody, crushing it. Playoffs are about the fight and the chip and the will, not just talent. Yeah. Austin Reeves, undrafted for the Lakers. He was a beast in game one. So it's funny. Butler's a classic example of how important fit is. So he left Philadelphia because of the indifference of Simmons, Ben Simmons. He left Minnesota because of the unpredictability of Carl Anthony Towns and the passiveness of Andrew Wiggins. 
So Miami, he wanted to play hard and practice hard and be pushed and have his teammates be culpable for their mistakes. Where do you go? Pat Riley, Miami Spolstra. So Jimmy Butler is a great example about fit matters. Andrew Wiggins works in Golden State. When you asked him to be a one, he did not. So Butler found the bosses that worked for him. I, I say this all the time to young people. I say, don't, don't chase money in broadcasting. Chase fit and management. There's a sea of money if you're talented in every business. But find, tell my kids this. Find the environment and the management and the leadership that works for you. I'll be the first to be honest. I was done with Jimmy Butler. I'm like, this guy doesn't work. He doesn't fit anywhere. Nobody likes him. But the problem was Philadelphia was dysfunctional and Simmons didn't care about playing and it pissed him off. And then Andrew Wiggins is great but passive and and Carl Anthony Towns is talented but a bit unpredictable and squirrely and it ticked him off. And so he's like, I want to go to a play. By the way, you know he sat, I would have loved to have sat down with that meeting with his agent, Spolstra and Pat Riley. And, And I guarantee it sounded something like this. Are you willing to practice hard? Are you willing to play hard? Are you willing to play hurt? Because that's what Miami's going to demand. Are you willing to play with undrafted guys? Maybe a little less talent. We're going to practice hard, play hard. We're gonna fu- we have a culture down here, no days off, and we hold people accountable. And Jimmy Butler's like, check, 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 sign me up. I find Miami so interesting. and Not interesting, that's the wrong word. I find them so easy to root for. And I think part of it is, Even his brand of coffee. So Jimmy Butler didn't go out. He didn't find Starbucks or Pete's Coffee. He literally, in the bubble in his hotel room, created his own coffee brand called Big Face. It's it's so on brand for a guy that doesn't really have a brand. And I there's it's just um, here here was Jimmy Butler on a big game one. I'm playing at a incredible level because they're allowing me to do so. They're not putting a limit on my game. They're trusting me with the ball on a defensive end. Um, And I think that's what any basketball player wants. That's what anybody wants out of life is just to be wanted, um, be appreciated, and just let you go out there and rock. The other thing is, even though he demands the ball, as Kyle Lowry said after the game, he's not selfish. If you guys watch Jimmy Butler play, he's one of the most unselfish stars I've ever been around. And he, he's always like, shoot the ball, shoot the ball. And, you know, for a guy like that uh, to, to, say, to give us the confidence, it works for us. And our team, you know, Max undrafted, Gabe undrafted, Caleb undrafted. Um, you know, we got a bunch of guys, Duncan undrafted. For him to give the confidence to those guys is only going to make us better. It's interesting to think about this. So we got into this discussion yesterday. So if you rank the players... I think Butler's the best player, Tatum's second, Jalen Brown is third, Bam's fourth. Who's fifth? Now, most people would say Marcus Smart, who averages 11.5 points and gives you six assists a game. Lowry gives you 11.5 points and gives you 5.5 assists a game. Mostly, he doesn't have as many assists because they don't have as good of players as Boston. But I don't think there's this huge gap, Lowry to Marcus Smart. Smart's a better defensive player. But it's like I'm watching Lowry last night. I know he's old. I know he's like 36 years old. But Lowry can be a really good player. Now, Kevin Love is mostly washed. He can hit a big three from occasion. And he's a great outlet guy. And he's a great guy, to, super smart guy to have on the team. But I think, you know, you think 
well, okay, Marcus Smart's the next great player. And I'm like, well, then Lowry and Marcus Smart. Lowry's a little slicker offensively in his career, was a better offensive player. Smart's a better defensive player. Yes, Boston has more talent. I'm not denying that. But I think we're kind of dogging Miami's talent. I mean, Bam last night is so active. He's on the floor. He's all, oh, I mean, Bam could have, he had 20 points. He could have finished with 30. How many tips did, he had so many little things he met. He couldn't get any gimmies or not many last night. Bam could have, Bam had a good night. He could have had a great night. I, I, maybe that, I, I'm, I, I like Boston still. I watched that game and I'm like, the talent's a little closer. By the way, some of these Miami guys that we don't know and they're undrafted, you know, it's funny, in the NFL, half the league is undrafted. We couldn't give a rip. But, I mean, Austin Reeves is undrafted. Miami's got four undrafted. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. It feels like we're getting into I don't know why this is. But is there more talent globally in basketball? And because there's more kids playing it and it's more of a global sport, the scouts are occasionally – I mean, there's just more good players that are undrafted, that are late bloomers. But I don't remember this many undrafted guys having an impact – I don't, I just, you know, I'm sure you could prove me wrong somewhere, but I just don't remember this many second round and undrafted guys. Maybe it's just the Miami culture. I don't know. One more herd. The herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forest, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins. Black Buffalo Zero products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of comparable products. If you're an adult 21 and older that dips, I'm going to tell you about an American made success story and Black Buffalo Zero Pouches. Black Buffalo's Zero Pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA by American farmers for adult consumers. What are they made of? Pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves. Food grade ingredients. Most importantly, there's no nicotine or tobacco. Black Buffalo Zero is all about the history and tradition of dip but they understand the convenience and discretion modern-day consumers are looking for. Bold flavor, full pouches. Black Buffalo Zero pouches give you the versatility to consume discreetly but still keep the ritual with flavors Dippers Love. Mint, straight, wintergreen, peach, even blood orange, all proudly made right here in the U.S. So if you're 21 and older and want to learn more about Black Buffalo Zero, head over to blackbuffalozero.com to learn more. You can buy their pouch online, ship directly to most states. Black Buffalo Zero, zero nicotine, zero tobacco, 100% ritual. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
it. So this is an interesting topic. If you ask who had the better career, Bill Russell or Wilt Chamberlain, on most of the top 10 lists, Wilt Chamberlain, Wilt Chamberlain's ahead of Bill Russell in almost every top 10 list even though Russell has 11 titles because Wilt was the greater greater player. So J-Mac, apparently, I'm not online, but J-Mac's getting crap because he said Jimmy Butler's had a better career than Kawhi Leonard and Klay Thompson. Now, Klay Thompson's got four rings, but he was the number three player on the KD Steph team. Some would argue because Draymond at that time was the best defender in the league. There were a lot of nights he was the number four player on that team. Hell, Andre Iguodala won an MVP in the finals. Klay was the fifth best player on some nights. All right, so... You get the rings, but who's a better player, Butler or Clay? Butler. Who would you want tomorrow in a game? Who would you want the last six years? Butler. Now, th- that's indisputable. Butler's the better individual player. Nobody's ever, you know, people don't understand. Jimmy Butler has pressure every game to be the man in Miami. Clay never has that pressure. He was the fourth best player, sometimes five, and that Draymond, Iggy, KD, uh, Steph. Uh, I mean, again, Iggy won an MVP. Steph's won an MVP. Katie's won two MVP. Not saying Clay's not great, but we never thought of him as not even being, for most of it, he wasn't even the two for a lot of it. I think Draymond's always been underserved because we don't, we, we just get fascinated with points. But if you watch them play, he's the screen shutter. He's their catalyst offensively. He's the tough guy. He defends. He's the best. He's, he's outside of just shooting. He does a lot of things at a high level. So Kawhi, now I will argue all day. Who would you take tomorrow, Kawhi or Jimmy Butler? It's not even close. I'd take Butler. That's not even close. I mean, Kawhi, you can never build a culture around Kawhi Leonard. He's, he's, he's the classic sort of mercenary. He comes in, Toronto, you win, and he leaves. One of the first things about greatness, can you build a culture around Clay? No. That, that's not what he is. He's a catch-and-shoot guy. Can you build a culture around Jimmy Butler? You just watched it on TV last night. Can you build a culture around Kawhi Leonard? Absolutely not. They're trying it in L.A. It's been a disaster. Not a disaster. It's been a big failure. So to me, you can have all the talent in the world. Can I build a TV show around you? All right. Sean Hannity. Rachel Maddow. They built, they built TV shows around him. That's that's different level than you can appear on one and be talented. I remember Jimmy Butler was on that Philadelphia team with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. He was the heartbeat of that team. Anybody who covered the team will say that. They decided when they lost on the Kawhi lucky shot that bounced in, we're going to keep Joel and Ben. Thank you for your service, Jimmy. It was just like, really? And in, in Minnesota, Chicago, like Jimmy Butler was the guy. It just, he never really got along. Uh, you know, him and Tibbs were good and then it fell out like... I think Butler's almost one of the more underappreciated oh, stars no, of the last decade. No, there's no question. There's no question. And it's not just he did it last night. He's done it now for three years. Like, going to the conference finals, going to the NBA finals. Listen. Jimmy Butler's a centerpiece of a team. Kawhi Leonard was that for five minutes in Toronto. There five are minutes. arguments that you can't build around KD. Nobody disputes now. You can absolutely build around Jimmy Butler. You can't build around Kawhi. You've never been built. They tried to build around him in San Antonio, and he wouldn't practice. The team doctors are like, we don't see anything. I'm not practicing. He disappeared. Like that. Supposedly, the Spurs had the greatest culture in the league for 10, 15 years, and he just couldn't work with it at the end. Just was like, I- I'm out of it. You trade me? Like that was very weird. It's still unexplained. So, but but you'll get. Apparently, you're getting crap because you say you take Butler over Clay. Well, Butler's better than Clay. Clay had the good fortune of playing with Steph, Steve Kerr, Kevin Durant. You know great what this culture. comes back. To. And by the way, the richest owner. 
who is willing to pay the luxury tax for a $100 million luxury tax every year. This comes back to rings and the whole rings debate. If you have rings, you're one of the greatest ever. And if you don't have them, you're, you're gar- you know, Charles Barkley's not amazing because he doesn't have a ring. Um, Kevin Durant's rings are tainted because they Dan were with This whole rings debate, Colin, I, I feel you like you need to weigh uh, in on that you know, no, You know what it is. Michael Jordan screwed it up. Indeed. So for years and years, young people probably don't remember, you wouldn't know this, Jerry West was called... His nickname was Mr. Clutch. Wasn't he like 0 for 8 in the finals? <laughs> so Jerry West was, the logo was Mr. Clutch. I think he was like 0 for 8. He couldn't win. And he was considered clutch. If you take Jordan out of the sport, he has he, he did win the yeah no no he West ended up winning a title but yes, he started out something he like won it in it. like seventy two ish and I think he had Wilt and Goodrich I it's it that's you know fifty years ago whatever it is but for but for years and years Jerry West could not win big game and Jerry would tell you this and he was called Mister Clutch we didn't we weren't just paralyzed it, when I grew up watching the NBA you didn't, that's not what you talked about you talked about Doctor J's style you talked about Wilt's personality I love Gus Williams I didn't care he didn't win a title Gus was flashy and fun then Michael came around goes six for six well wait and we, then it's literally changed all the debates that if you which is a joke debate because it's a joke. He couldn't get past until Pippen. He couldn't get past the good Pistons teams or the Celtics. And if Chicago would have been in the Western Conference, which for a while the Chicago Blackhawks in hockey were, he wouldn't have. He would have gotten to the finals and lost to Burton McHale and lost to the Pistons. Let's remember, he won three and then left the sport for a year and a half. Like LeBron went to eight straight finals. It's like impossible to win six straight. Jordan would have never done that if he stuck around. The Elijah one teams were good. And it's just difficult, the wear and tear on your body, you know, going to the playoffs. Those playoff games are yeah. way tougher. I, I think it, titles matter. Obviously. But if you're telling me Jimmy Butler, Clay, who's the better player, it ain't close. No, no. It is not close. And if and now Butler uh, has been to one finals. Uh, my, my, I still think Boston's going to win. If he gets to a second finals with this group, I, mean, I, I think this is a defining year. I mean, you start looking at this thing. When they got to the championship game series in the bubble, we were like, "Who's Tyler Hero? Well, this this team's a bunch of kids." Duncan Robinson to do to take Max Struess in and take these guys in. They got forty five points, I think, last night from guys who were undrafted: Martin Struess and Vincent. Forty five points. God, Vincent is a he's a baller. They just they just uh, but the Celtics, you, something was up with them, man. They weren't closing out on threes. The rotations weren't crisp. They just didn't look like they cared that much. And that's been their big problem. Just, I'm not I'm not somebody that bangs on coaches. This is a coaching mismatch. Like I, and if you don't think coaching matters, Miami came out at halftime and had an amazing 46-point third quarter. Celtics never called a timeout. Whoa, whoa, but the minute Boston started the fourth quickly. Spo, timeout. Let's reset here, and they fix their problems. Like that, and that's just a small part of coaching. But usually, well-coached teams adjust well. We've been saying this about Darvin Ham. Darvin Ham's a very good adjuster. Very good. That was Boston did not adjust last night. I barely talked about Lakers Nuggets tonight. Huge game. Huge, for the massive. It's that. That's a. What's the line? I'll have to check. Let me well, get. Let I'll me check guess. after this. Yeah. All right. I'll guess check now. right now. I'm going to guess the line. Lakers minus one. 
Stop it. Come on. That's not even close. Denver it's, minus two and a half. Denver minus five and a half. Oh! But it's, well, it's down to five now. It's oh, down. Whoa. Remember, game one was five and a half and then up to six okay, and a half. Okay, I'm taking the Lakers plus the points. Well, it's I down to five they... at a couple respected okay, shops. I'm taking take... the point. I don't know if they'll win. I took Miami in the points last night. I didn't think they'd win. I'm taking the Lakers in the points. Okay, are the Lakers winning tonight? I don't know, but I'm taking the points. All that matters is the points. <laughs> Hold on. Hey, let's go to Chris Broussard. Bring him in live. Chris Broussard, first things first. I'll get to Jay Mack in just a bit. All right, Broussard, I don't want you sitting around and waiting. We can make Mac McIntyre can sit over there and drink his sodas and be online and yell at people. Let's start with this. I said <laughs> I like Tatum, and I like him a lot. But when you put him on a floor with Jimmy Butler, and I get to watch him, the, the, they're different people. They have different – I mean – Tatum is elegant. He's got a beautiful game. I mean, it's, it is beautiful. It can lack a little uh, a little edge to it. Butler's all edge. It's cl- I mean, sometimes he's shooting right. shots. I'm like, oh, this is ugly. And it's like, I mean, if you, and, and this sounds crazy, but, you know, all of our lives are different. All of our journeys are different. Jimmy had a tough life, and I can see it when he Absolutely. plays. I mean, I, Chris, I can see his life when he plays. He is tough. He is a fighter. He's been doubted. Man, I mean, but I still love Tatum. Were you, were you surprised how ineffective he was in the fourth? Well, one, they weren't getting him the ball. And I heard you earlier talking about the coaching mismatch, and that's absolutely what's going on. We, we knew Eric Spolster was going to outcoach Joe Missoula. Missoula just has to stay within shouting distance <laughs> of Spolstra because he's got the far, far more talented team. You mentioned no timeout in the 46-point third quarter for Miami. And then they weren't getting Tatum the ball. He has 18 points in the first half, and he takes four shots in the second half. Crazy. I get it. He did get to the foul line, so that's a little skewed. But still, he wasn't getting the ball. And against Philadelphia, remember Jalen Brown was coming out with big first quarters and then not really getting the ball later in game. So Missoula has to find a way to get his two stars playing together. And when one of them's hot, Keep feeding the hot hand. So, uh, as far as Jimmy and Tatum, I mean, Jimmy, like you said, he's all dog. And he's going to go at you. If you are not a dog, then you will wilt in his presence. Yep. Period. You know, on the court. And and I don't think Tatum wilted. I think Tatum's got dog in him. But remember, even though he's been in the league a long time, he's only 25. LeBron did not win his first championship. Jordan did not win their first championships till they were 27. The guys that have typically won it when they were younger, Magic, Bird, they had some veterans with them, you know, that were great players there before them. So I'm wondering, is Tatum still just maturing to the point where he can actually lead a team to the playoffs? Because their inconsistency, whether it's Tatum or Brown or the team as a whole, is frustrating if you're a Celtics fan. Yeah, and by the way, we don't talk a lot of defense, but I thought under uh, Aduka last year, Ume Aduka, they were a better defensive team. I don't think Boston. I don't yep. think Boston. I butchered his name. Um, I don't think Boston's as good a defensive team as last year either. Do you? 
No, no, not at all. Uh, I mean, Missoula tried to make them more of an offensive team. And then, you know, at, at points in the season, they started to show, oh, they still have that defense. So they have some great defenders. Al Horford did a great job on MB, Derek White, Marcus Smart. They're, they have great defenders. So I think they feel like when we need it, we can turn on the defense, but they try to play offense. And last night, look, if you're a Celtics fan, there are things to look at. One, your team does this periodically. They just play without a sense of urgency. We saw it against Philly. We saw it against Atlanta. We saw it last year at times during the playoffs, and they bounce back. Secondly, Miami shot 51% from three. Right. Miami was the fourth worst three-point shooting team in the league in the regular season. Now, they've shot it well in the playoffs, but they're not, they had to have an uncharacteristically spectacular three-point shooting performance, and Boston shot 34%, well below their average, and they only took 29, which they shoot as many threes as anybody in the league. Credit Miami for running them off the three-point line, God. but still... Boston, when they – those are two extremely uncharacteristic things for both yeah. teams, and it still was a seven-point game. So, I think Boston – look, they pretty much got to win game two, yeah. and I think they will. Ime Udoka, that's better. I butchered that thing about once a week. Okay, <laughs> let's go Lakers tonight. So, I, it, it, it's um, – I kind of defended the Lakers – after they lost the first game, I said, first of all, I watched Minnesota's first game in that series. They got boxed. I watched Phoenix go to Denver and get rolled. Lakers had a great second half. I think Darvin Ham now has fallen into underappreciated category. I think he is a game-to-game, a terrific adjust coach, and I thought he had a terrific adjustment at halftime. I think Darvin Ham, I think the Lakers found a really, really good young coach. So I watched the second half of that game. In the second half of that game, I'm like, this is going to be a close series. And I, the spread is five points tonight. I kind of like the Lakers tonight. Do you think they solved any of the riddles in that second half? Yeah, look, I picked the Lakers in seven, so I'm with you. I think they win tonight. It's not over if they don't, but it's just hard to beat another excellent team four out of five games. Um, I Look. When they put Rui Hachimura on Jokic and then uh, Anthony Davis on Aaron Gordon and allowed Davis to roam, that clearly bothered Jokic, right? When he gets in the paint on Hachimura, AD was right there to disturb him. He didn't hit any field goals that, ha- that quarter, and he had two turnovers, one of them because of Davis. And so they did find that. But the thing is, Denver's going to adjust too. And Michael Malone doesn't adjust as much in games. He'll adjust in between games. You mentioned Darvin Ham, and you're right. Great job of adjusting during games. He started small, which turned out to be a mistake. Yeah. But he quit, you know, at the half, or not the half, but later in the game, he got away from that and found something. I bet they start Hachimura tonight. Yes. Um, Now, what Denver's going to do, Colin, is they, they will probably put Aaron Gordon, or if it's Jeff Green in there, uh, at the three-point line a lot. So try to get Davis away from the rim. Yeah. They'll do dribble handoffs with Jokic. They'll do pick and rolls with Jokic to either get AD in the pick, you know, to switch or get him away from the rim. So they're both going to make an, some adjustments. But, yeah, that's something the Lakers can certainly do. Or here's this is interesting, Colin. If, if you start out tonight and Jokic is chewing you up, whether yeah. he's scoring or assisting or both. Yeah. Do you just say, you know what? Let's just single cover him with whoever, whether it's AD or or Rui or whoever. 
single covering him, and if he gets 47, fine. He had 53 and 10 against Phoenix, and they lost. <laughs> Where he eats you up is he's going to get 30-something, but he's also going to get the 10 assists right. and get his other guys going. So that's something you might want to think about. Sure. Not You're not giving him 50, but do you single covering him, and if he gets 45 or 50, Maybe you can live with that if you shut down everybody else. Okay, I got to ask you this because you got to prepare for your show. But um, J Mac and I have talked about this. It, he thinks you should trade Damian Lillard. My takeaway is I think they should move the number three pick because very rarely do you get a draft where you get a Mello, a D Wade, and LeBron in it. That's one of the great drafts ever. And even Mello didn't win much as much as we thought. D Wade and LeBron teamed up. They're legends. But if you can get two great stars in a draft, if Victor Wembanyama is the star we think and Scoot Henderson is the star they think, there's a chance there's not going to be a third star in this draft. Even if he is a star like Tatum, who was a great NBA player, we're six years without a title. So my takeaway is move the pick. If you're, if you're the three or four pick, move the pick if you've got an aging star. J-Mac wants to move Dame. Where do you land on Portland reportedly giving up the number three pick? Right. Well, Colin, it pains me to say this. I don't think I've ever said this on the national airwaves. I'm with J-Mac on this one. <laughs> I mean, I, look. You said it. You you and I aren't the only one knows that uh, who's the third guy? He might not be a star. So what is another team? What team is giving up a star for that third pick? Yes. Like a real star that can help Dame. And remember, to make salaries match, you might have to give up Anthony Simons, who's a nice young player, yeah. or Yusef Nurkic. So I just don't see the move out there. Because remember, a contender that's got some stars, they're not really going to be interested in the third pick. Uh, a young team that's building, what do they have to give you? They might have a star that's not leading them to win. So what's he going to do with Dame? So I, I actually, look, I know I, I respect and admire Dame's loyalty and also the Blazers because they're being loyal to him. But I think for both of them, it is best to move on. And I think, like, Kevin Garnett didn't want to leave Minnesota. But when he finally got to Boston, won a championship, played a few more years, had great success, he said, man, it's the best thing that ever happened in my career. Yeah. Dame will feel that way. If Dame gets traded to a good situation, I don't know that this could happen, but say Philly, and he plays with Embiid and they can do damage, I think Dame would realize, you know what, this is the move. And Dame gets major respect. He's a top 75 player of all time. Yeah. But the re he wants more. And the, the level of respect he wants, you're not getting unless you win a championship or, or at least get to the finals. Yeah. And so I, I think he would appreciate it after the fact and I think it'd be better for the Blazers, too. You know, there's a business aspect to it, is that the NBA ratings double, triple, quadruple in late April, May, and June. Right. And so for your shoe apparel, yep. for your record career, what happens is not only is Dame geographically isolated in Portland, he's not on TV enough in May and June. Right. So if he went to a contender, his shoe business would be better his music business, because the NBA, we all know this, the, the, the regular season ratings, eh, nobody's, you know, it's a small. All of a right. sudden, they explode the last two months. So to me, if I was his agent, I'm like, Dame, this is why guys play in the Olympics, because the ratings are huge. You can sell your shoes. Yep. I would get Dame to go somewhere, not tucked in the corner of the country, and get him on television in May and June, shoes, music. I mean, he's a wonderful yep. guy. 
I think for business at this point, Dame should be a tad selfish and uh, the next 10 years be like, you know, a little bit of that mogul stage because he's going to the hall. We know that. All right. Chris, oh, Bru- yeah. Chris Broussard agreed with J-Mac. I'm going to have to sleep on that tonight. I'm a little unsettled. <laughs> uh, me too. You're not the only one. I'm, I'm wondering what the, what's going on. <laughs> first things first. Good seeing you, buddy. All right. All right, Colin. Um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing. Like, you know, I, I, I have a soft spot for the Northwest. I think Dame is really a remarkable guy. He's got a re- he's like one of these guys. You know how a lot of athletes do hip-hop stuff, and they're like, yeah, whatever. And then, like, Dame does it, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. And then, you know, he's got, he could be a boxing analyst. You could put Dame in a boxing broadcast, and he's got a shoe business. It's like, he needs to be on that eight-week television show called the NBA Playoffs, because there's guys that aren't close to Dame that are, that are and they're in the Instagrams flowing, and their shoes are selling, and they're, it's like, Dame's missing out. That's why stars give up their off-season to go because their agents go, go play in the Olympics. It's a shoe deal. It's an endorsement deal. You get your face on TV. Everybody, the, the Olympic ratings are gigantic. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins. Black Buffalo Zero products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of comparable products. If you're an adult 21 and older that dips, I'm going to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo Zero pouches. Black Buffalo's Zero pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA by American farmers for adult consumers. What are they made of? Pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves. Food-grade ingredients. Most importantly, there's no nicotine or tobacco. Black Buffalo Zero is all about the history and tradition of dip, but they understand the convenience and discretion modern-day consumers are looking for. Bold flavor, full pouches. Black Buffalo Zero pouches give you the versatility to consume discreetly but still keep the ritual with flavors Dippers Love. Mint, straight, wintergreen, peach, even blood orange, all proudly made right here in the U.S. So if you're 21 and older and want to learn more about Black Buffalo Zero, head over to blackbuffalozero.com to learn more. You can buy their pouch online, ship directly to most states. Black Buffalo Zero, zero nicotine, zero tobacco, 100% ritual. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Saturday, the USFL kicks off at 4 Eastern on Fox as the Birmingham Stallions take on the Michigan Panthers. And Sunday at noon Eastern, the New Orleans Breakers battle the Philadelphia Stars on FS1. Then it's the New Jersey Generals against the Houston Gamblers at 4 on Fox. By the way, top of next hour, we're going to have the ultimate... I don't really do this much. The ultimate sports debate. It's fascinating because J-Mac came out and said, I'd rather be Jimmy Butler than Clay Thompson. And my argument is it makes sense because if you're all into titles, you know, Robert Ory's got seven. Now, Clay's better than Robert Ory, but they used to call him Big Shot Bob. Nobody talks about him. In 20 years, you're not going to talk about Clay Thompson. He's been, he's never been the best player on a team. Mostly wasn't the second best player on the championship teams. Iggy got an MVP. KD got a couple. Steph got him. People are going to talk about this team. They're going to talk about Steph, Draymond. They're going to talk about the KD years. They'll like Clay, and Clay's been terrific. But whose career would you want? Butler, who's got three or four years left at a high level. Butler's going to go down as a legend. And even if he doesn't win, you're going to be like, best player, best playoff guy to never win a championship. Butler will be in that discussion at a bar in 20 years. You're not going to be talking about Clay Thompson. And so, top of next hour, there's a couple of examples in the NFL and NBA that I'll throw at you. You can make up your mind. You can go to social media, but it is interesting. But first, J-Mac with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. So the Phoenix Suns, uh, after they got bounced by Denver, a lot of talk. Oh, Chris Paul's probably not going to be back. His His contract is not fully guaranteed. Well, according to Bleacher Reports, Chris Haynes, the Suns are now likely to guarantee his full contract for next season. And the mindset is that he will be their starting point guard. Colin, I, I don't know if we should believe this or not. Because if you do that, if you bring back Chris Paul... A, you know he's going to get hurt in the playoffs. He does every year. And B, the only way to improve the roster, which is inferior, is trading DeAndre Ayton. I think they'll do that. Well, you have to do that. But remember what the Lakers did at the deadline. They moved Pat Bev and they moved Russ. They bring in Jared Vanderbilt, uh, D'Angelo Russell, Louis Hachimura. They got pieces that fit. And now the Lakers have a good roster. I don't see why you're bringing back Chris Paul. It okay, just let, doesn't let, make sense. Let, I'll play devil's advocate because he'll give you 15 a game with 10 assists, shoot 48%, and he's tough. If you limit him to 50 games and you just say, we're going to play you about half the game, but I get your leadership, and he gets along with Booker, he gets along with Durant. Aiton doesn't get along with anybody. And so okay. what you're what you're saying is Aiton's not great at anything. Chris Paul's leadership, his basketball IQ, his, I mean, Chris brings a lot to the table, yeah, even he, when he's not on the floor. He's a Hall of Famer. We so, get if that. You, so if you give me he and his backup, I get I get the young kid behind him that plays will play more. Jock Landale. Well, that's that's a big, but I'm talking the kid behind Chris Paul. Oh, oh, uh, Cameron Payne. Campaign. So Cam's gonna play more. So I got Cam and Chris holding down the fort at point. I got a star at two. I got a star at a four. And then, then I move Aiden. Aiden's got a market. He's absolutely got a market. But what I want to do is I need depth. So I could give y'all give you Aiden. I need a couple dudes. 
I got to fortify my bench. I can take a, I can take a big that's not as good as Aiton offensively, but better defensively. Or somebody better defensively, not as good. Aiton, the problem with Aiton is, what is he great at? He's a good player. He's a good body. But I think what you need is a defensive big. Because Booker and Durant, I'll get my 30. I got to have a rim protector. Aiton gives you size, but he's not very good defender. So like a Robert Williams of Boston. You can't get this? him. How about he's this? like the ideal Brooke rim Lo- runner. Brook Lopez. He's 35. I know, but I Brook Lopez. He could probably he's probably going to be out of Phoenix's price range. Right? He's good. he could make a lot of money. Well, if you're trading Aiton, he makes a lot of money. You can't you can't go to I, How about a Brook Lopez and a bench player? I, we'll see what they can get for Aiden. I, I just don't think it's going to be very like, easy for you, Phoenix you, to retool quickly. I, I know Brooke Lopez, though, is elite at a couple of things. And you're basically going into the next season with two of your three players, high-level injury risks. Kevin Durant has been hurt a lot in recent years. He's great. Chris Paul is hurt every damn year. Well, again, I I, I think they're a tweak, not a rebuild. Okay. I think they got to get it. They have to fortify their bench. They've they got a couple of guys off the bench who can shoot. And I think they have to move Aiton and get somebody. Either give me, they don't need offense. Give me a rim protector defensively. I don't care if he gives me nine points a game and 12 rebounds. I want three blocks. I want a tough guy in the hole who doesn't need the ball. All right, let's move to the Sixers. Obviously, they fired Doc Rivers earlier this week. Well, um, team president Daryl Morey knows the search is going to be difficult. Here's what he had to say about Philly's upcoming head coaching search. We're taking a careful process uh, with the coach. We do not think it will move quickly. Um, I know I have to be careful with the process word, but it, it is it is it is true. We're looking for someone who brings leadership accountability, someone who um, someone who is good at tactics, someone who is um, has great relationship with his star players, and who uh, someone who. Uh, is good at recruiting star players and players want to play for someone who, you know, builds a great organization. Nick yeah. Nurse. Yeah, good luck finding that. Nick um, Nurse. What, you don't like Nick Nurse? Is Nick Nurse taking this job when he doesn't know James Harden's future? Uh, there's a lot of questions. James, That's why it's going to be slow. You got to move off, James. Yeah. All right, final story. Anthony Richardson, fourth overall pick in the draft, showing flashes of his unique characteristics. Here's what uh, Gardner Minshew had to say about the rookie. I mean, the first thing is just how impressive, you know, like the ball jumps out of his hand, you know, physically everything, like got everything you want, you know, so from that standpoint, just seeing him is like, wow, this dude's really got a chance, you know, and then, you know, getting around him and seeing, you know, how he works, how he, you know, takes criticism and wants to learn and get better. uh, All those things are really, really encouraging to be around. He'll be fun to watch play. He's very, very raw, but he's one of those guys I want to watch play. Uh, Colts will be have a better record than the Texans this year. Absolutely not. <laughs> That'll be a head-to-head for us. We're up to 13 steak dinners. J-Mac with the news. <laughs> well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. Okay, we got a lot to talk about. I haven't even gotten into some of the best stuff today. I got all sorts of notes here. This show is rolling, baby. Lakers Nuggets tonight, game two. It's the Herd. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forest, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug needed. Right, let's go. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. <laughs> you can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Oh, oh, oh. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.